Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 580, March 16th, 2021. 79 degrees on this day in that wonderful spring of 2012 when uh, all the metro area golf courses were opened by St. Patrick's Day. Eight below in 1941, and we have an ice out. Today, on this day in 2016, ice out on White Bear Lake. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Yesterday I noted that a fellow reported to me that he heard there was going to be St. Patrick's Day festivities Sunday along 7th Street in downtown St. Paul, and he went and discovered nothing. Uh, and I now have a note from our own geologist, Stacy, who said, I was on 7th Street Saturday. It was the closest I've seen to normal downtown in a year. It was wonderful. People in the streets, McGovern's had a tent in the back, truck park was open, people sitting outside, a party bus parked on a side street. Also, the restaurant shut down at 5 p.m. on St. Patrick's Day last year, not the weekend before. Thank you, Stacy. Fact based. Now one of the funniest emails we've ever gotten. It's just called Monkey. And we didn't catch this yesterday. Last evening, while on the road, I was listening to yesterday's show, Monday's podcast. Chris did a search for monkeys with wooden legs. <laughs> if you go back and listen, he did locate one, but he seemed to be disappointed to find that the monkey was in a zoo. Yeah, It's like Chris actually expected to see that there are troops of monkeys with wooden legs living in the wild, <laughs> as if they made a leg out of wood in the event they lose one. Little, I couldn't believe his reaction. A little I mean, monkey hospital? Really? <laughs> My best to everyone, Brian in Duluth. Uh, as a side note, I'm including my number. Please encourage Kenny to call me. I can help him out with just a little, uh, some terminology as it pertains to NTD. I'm familiar with it. It may help oh. the add a touch. Kenny and I have spoken before. He does not need to be afraid of me. I'm here to help Brian in Duluth. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that number, Kenny, off here. 612. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris. That's the equivalent yeah. of rookie saying... They'll come to you to clean uh, your yeah, chin. I'm going to give me a, I'm yeah. myself that one. Yeah. Oh, hell, it's in a replacement hospital. <laughs> he says, oh, hell. It's, it's in, a in a zoo. Come on. Let's be <laughs> out in the wild, you know? He, he wants to see him walking, struggling down University <laughs> Avenue, right. picking cigarette butts <laughs> out of the gutter. A little monkey buddy helping him. Like, come on, let's go in here. Yeah. And John, uh, uh, Greg wants us to note, uh, John, I hope this catches you in time for the show. The Grammy Awards were Sunday night, and I didn't watch much of any of it because I'm old and have good taste. The one thing I would have loved was embarrassingly and unacceptably not done a proper tribute to Eddie Van Halen, one of the very best to ever pick up a guitar. Instead, we were honored with a barely 20-second clip of eruption and not a single mention of him anywhere else in the show by anyone. There were many luminaries in the rock and metal worlds who rightfully voiced their anger and displeasure at the snub 
Among them, Eddie's one-time singer Gary Sharon, Chris Jericho of Fozzie, Vernon Reed of Living Color, Gary's bandmate Nuno Betancourt, Eddie's own son Wolfgang, and most infamously, radio host Eddie Trunk, who went on an all-time great rant on his Sirius XM show Monday. Hopefully this gets a little mention on GL. Love the show, Greg. Uh, I didn't see I, uh, any of the uh, Grammys. I, I saw maybe 30 seconds of the porn act and thought, why am I watching <laughs> this? Yeah, I didn't see any either. I, I did get some uh, notes from people yesterday said, watch this on YouTube. So I watched two or three of the acts on YouTube, and, and that's all I really saw of, of the Grammys. So Lowest television ratings in the history of the Grammys. I think the industry has pretty much fallen on times we don't even recognize washed out yeah but that's exactly why that horrific song is one is because that's the only thing that got them attention and horrific is the right term yeah oh you guys (laughs) well you're a bunch of old prudes but the the best part was somebody somebody had tweeted out the clip of that and said keep in mind america dr seuss canceled baby it's cold outside canceled that's right this accepted not only accepted, oh, didn't it win old. something? It did. It was Song of the Year. Old, please. Kenny, go shoot uh, a duck or something. Get the, the hell out uh, of here. only reason I was disappointed is because they had changed the offending words to wet, wet, wet. And since I know every word, all the lyrics to that song, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't keep up because it was changed. Today, buried in the metro section of the Star Tribune, B5. Mm-hmm. Charges filed in fatal shooting at George Floyd Square. Uh, it should have been on the front page as far as I'm concerned. But I don't like the way the Star Tribune has handled the whole year with 38th and Chicago. They haven't known what to do. Uh, prosecutors have lodged murder charges against a man thought to have fired the fatal shots in the death of another man at George Floyd Square in South Minneapolis. What was that, about two weeks ago now? Chantello Christensen faces charges of second-degree murder, first-degree riot, and illegal possession of a firearm in the March 6 fatal shooting of 30-year-old uh, Imez Wright outside of Cup Foods. Wright, who worked for a community group that provided a security in the area, died at a hospital after being struck multiple times in the chest. The charges come five days after Christensen and his wife were arrested on March 10. Uh, in Brooklyn Center, according to a criminal complaint filed Monday in Hennepin County District Court. So uh, Christensen, had previ- the shooter, had previously been arrested. Authorities announced the arrest at a news conference later that day, but initially refused to provide any further details, citing an extremely active investigation. Uh, this story's not that long, but I must read it, and I, I will tell you why in a moment. The complaint says that Wright was hanging outside Cup Foods when surveillance video captured Christensen pulling up in a sport utility vehicle. A man later identified as a relative of Christensen's wife is then seen on video getting out and getting into an argument with Wright, uh, the murder victim, Imez Wright. Uh, At some point, Christensen got out and fired several shots at Wright before fleeing as several bystanders began firing at the vehicles, the complaint says. Police interviewed several witnesses at the scene, even though they weren't allowed in. Prosecutors said that Wright and Christensen were both members of the Rolling Thirties Bloods, several members of which had a falling out. The nature of the disagreement was unclear. Remember, we were sold that Imez Wright was a, a, a counselor now and and, and helping people uh, turn away from the streets. And according to this, he's a member of the Rolling Thirties, or was. 
Investigators tracked Christensen and his wife to a hotel in Brooklyn Center after a determination that the SUV was registered to his wife. After their arrest, authorities said they recovered two guns, a Glock 9mm handgun and an AR-15-style rifle. Friends and colleagues said Wright worked for Change, Inc., where he was part of a team of 30 social service staffers who mentor black youth in St. Paul and was training to be a mental health practitioner. After a turbulent childhood and early adulthood, Minneapolis police records show that he was wounded in a shooting in April 2017. Fred's uh, friend said Wright seemed to be turning a corner and was working with at-risk youth to help steer them from gangs and drugs. Uh, Christensen, 31, remained jailed on a $1 million bond pending his initial court appearance Tuesday. He did not have an attorney. Uh, Cup Foods, the convenience store where the shooting happened, was, we don't know, okay. Boy, there's a sentence in there that really leaped out at me. You're concerned that he was still in the uh, rolling 30s? No, no. uh, Here, I won't keep you in suspense. Uh, It's just, it's written so offhandedly that it just, it it kind of flies by. Uh, uh, Let me find it here. Uh, At some point, Christensen got out and fired several shots at right before fleeing as several bystanders Mm -hmm. began firing at the vehicle. They're all packing in there. This supposedly sacred place, all bystanders. It's a Wild West shootout. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I read the story, Wild West, funny you should mention that, all I could see were the cowboy movies where the bad guy starts riding away on a horse. Everybody pulls a six-shooter and starts shooting. Gunfight at the OK Corral. The bystanders pull out their own pieces and start shooting. Bullets and flying just, everywhere. Yes, yeah. and it's just it's just written as part of the story. There doesn't seem to be any mm-hmm. significant alarm that the, that the whole place must be an armed camp. Mother and of I know God. it's a cliche for me to be spouting this, but I'm going to do it anyway so I can live with myself. When they pass these strict uh, gun restriction laws that, that that they're obviously forcing through. These folks are still going to be carrying yep. and still going to be shooting and still going to be throwing lead all over neighborhoods. Of and course. people, kids are going to continue to die. They can pass all the gun legislation they want, and that won't change a thing. It'll affect guys like me who never have any ill intentions with their firearms. Locks are for honest people, Kenny. Yeah. Tell us, I didn't read it, but I'll be glad to if you think I should, but tell us a little bit about the woman who wrote the, John and uh, Kenny, tell us about the woman who wrote a piece in the Star Uh, Tribune today. She apparently lives in that neighborhood. John said it all, uh, off the air, John. Um, You said it all. You'd get out. You you can't live there. It's unbelievable. It's just, go ahead. I was just going to say part of what Joe said about everybody pulling guns and packing. When you read that editorial, uh, by the hour, there's gunshots going where people just duck under their beds, wherever, uh, just normal folks, to get away from gunfire. Yeah. Well, and how can they possibly even sell their house? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and she's got a rundown here, March 6, 545 mm-hmm. p.m., 8.20 p.m., March 7th. 5 p.m., March 8th, 2.30 p.m., 9.50 p.m., 10.16 p.m., 10.45 p.m. You know, it just goes on Kenny, go back back to her rundown. March 6th, what is she noting March 6th? 30-year-old volunteer killed in the zone by a gunshot. That's the one we're referring to. Okay, so she she heard that take place then. Later that day, 8.20 p.m., neighbors call 911 again as multiple shots ring out. Well, we now know why. 
We don't March know how 7th. many people in that area are carrying. March 7th, six garages along our alley are hit by gunfire, one with the owner inside. Mm. 5 p.m., 30 shots hit cars in the windows of siding of at least one house. My God. March 8th, 2.30 in the afternoon, multiple shots fired. 9.30 that day, 30 shots ring out. 10.16 that day, a second 911 call provides a description of the shooter who remains in the area, appearing to wait for some target. Oh, oh, and another one that day. Uh, what were we? March eighth, ten forty-five. Third nine one one call of the night. Some neighbors are picking up shell casings. People hear the fist uh, near the fist statue in the zone. Repeatedly yell, "Get the f out of here!" A gun is fired from near the fist statue. Well, and we now know why. Four men come out of the zone to tell the neighbors. They weren't shooting at you. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're not a, shooting you. Don't worry. That's a consolation. The isn't bullet it? doesn't know who it's being shot at. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a shame these people can't live there like that. Yeah. And they can't sell their house. Who in the hell would move there? No. It's just uh, well. I have a note from Steve Mulholland. He's in the belly of the beast. Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis, and he notes I'm mistaken. Can you wait a second? Yeah. Can you wait a second, Such? Yeah. Meanwhile, the city council and the mayor continue to kiss the asses of the people in that square. Yep. Thank That's you. Right. I had to get that out. Thank That's you. That's right. That's right. And, and, and for what purpose? Do they think that by, by kissing their rear ends that they're somehow going to diffuse a situation because it's doing the exact opposite they're they're making it worse by the minute yes yeah and then this whole notion of waiting until after the trial what good is that going to do it's already it, uh, i guarantee you that will never be reopened not not with this current crop of of people in place, the mayor and city council. That will not get reopened. I, I wish I could disagree with you. I really want to disagree with you. <laughs> it's surpassed political will. That's the problem. The right That's, thing to do, you know. the right thing to do was to have never closed it in the first place. Yes, you're going to have to make some acknowledgement of a flower area perhaps for the neighbors in front of cup foods and that even is unfair to the guy who owns cup foods but political will is not part of their thinking there there is there is no equation in which they introduce political will to do the right thing by the city of minneapolis they are only following their only they're only following their own virtue signaling it has nothing to do with the correct political will. So it's almost even oxymoronic to say they lack political will because they don't even know what political will is. They're just professional activists and, and not very good at it. Now, Steve writes, The public exhibition by Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and the City Council last Friday as they gleefully announced the $27 million settlement paid to the family of George Floyd goes as far beyond the pale as we've ventured to date. 
Just as the boy mayor could not wait to emote in front of reporters last May, denouncing the Minneapolis police and calling for the firing of the four officers involved in Floyd's arrest and subsequent death, and just as the council members took the stage in Powderhorn Park last summer couldn't wait to pledge their intention to dismantle the police department, this assembly of adult children, social activists posing as public officials could not wait to get in front of the media last Friday to share with the world just how virtue they are, writing a check to the family of George Floyd for the unimaginable sum of $27 million. They could barely contain their giddiness. It's clear this collection of fools cares not for the city of Minneapolis, nor do they care that our streets are held hostage by crime as businesses fall to ruin. They care only about their own notoriety for being the first city to defund their police department or for being the first city to rezone single-family neighborhoods or for garnering the highest settlement in a police lawsuit, even though the correlating police trial hasn't even finished selecting a jury. I believe the city council and the mayor knew exactly what they were doing when they called that press conference last Friday. Aside from blatant virtue signaling, I believe this reckless group actually wants chaos. They want to attract those who have built lives and homes and families in the city. I'm sorry. They want to afflict those who have built lives and homes and families in the city while keeping those who struggle to make a living down, out, and angry. Class warfare is their goal. To quote a neighbor of mine, they thrive on civil unrest and headlines to get their names in East Coast newspapers as they aspire to move up the political ladder. The orchestrated unrest explains so much of the incomprehensible decision-making over the past year. Letting the third precinct burn, looking the other way at all the carjackings and armed robberies, nurturing the autonomous zone at 38th and Chicago. It's as though they are welcoming crime with open arms. My neighborhood near Lake Harriet has always been safe, yet I now look over my shoulder a half dozen times on an hour-long walk so that I might not become the next crime statistic. I believe that's exactly what this group wants, and sadly, they're getting it. Keep pushing back, boys. Loyal GL listener in the belly of the beast, Steve. Isn't that something? He's right. Everything he said is right. Uh, I was relieved to see in the Star Tribune today that the editorial board uh, mentioned this and how the settlement muddies the Chauvin trial, and a number of letters to the editor do the same thing. Uh, which I didn't expect today uh, to mm -hmm. see today in uh, the Star Tribune. Mm -hmm. And we we already have evidence that no important candidates are emerging. No, uh, the only it's more of the same. Two pe exactly. no, no, yep. no. Two people who are more woke than Fry have announced a run for the uh, mayor. <laughs> so it's only going to get worse. And my prediction is coming true. With each new mayor, you're going to regret the last one, missing the last one. It's just pathetic. Oh, it's just pathetic. I am so happy that Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood is back with us. Nice. Well, they're one, if, they might be the last Twin Cities family-owned dealership. A lot of these dealerships, they're part of an ownership group that owns 40 or 50 stores. Some of them even outstate, not Schmel's Countryside. It's multi-generational. It's been on that southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 for, oh, I'm going to say more than 60 years. And uh, the only way they can compete is by providing excellent customer service and maintaining relationships they've had for the last 50 years, and that includes with me. Let's see. One, two, three, math. four. I'm on my fifth vehicle 
acquired from Schmel's Countryside, about which I will tell you more in later ads. Uh, through March, take advantage of a Volkswagen Sign and Drive SUV event. 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs, the Tiguan and the Atlas. I don't even have to run the numbers on that. I can do that. Also in March and April, check out a special tire event. Pay for three tires, get the fourth one free. That applies to most makes, models, and sizes. Look, this place is convenient. It's 10 minutes east of Minneapolis. It's five minutes north of St. Paul. Uh, it's a great website to check all the inventory. SchmelzVW.com. Tell them you're a GLer. These are GL people. And uh, I couldn't be happier that they've rejoined us. I love their products. Volkswagen, most principally, Alfa Romeo, Fiat. Uh, they run a really, really nice shop and uh, take advantage of this March event right now. Volkswagen sign and drive SUV event, 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs. Schmelz Countryside, the corner of Highway 61 and 36 in Maplewood. I've been a client of the Canopy Group for five years, and at my last renewal, they are still saving me money. Patrick Ricey here to talk to you about your home and auto insurance. How long have you been with your current insurance company? When was the last time your agent called you and said they could save you money and get you better coverage? This just happened to me. Truly, it did. Each year, the Canopy Group reviews my home and auto insurance with their 16 companies. This year, they saved me an additional $791. How? Because the Canopy Group is keeping an eye on my insurance needs and making sure I am always with the right insurance provider. Paying less and getting more is a concept I like. I can't promise that you'll save $791, but I can promise you they'll give you options. They'll even tell you if you should stay where you are with that company. Do what I did and contact them at thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. Well, it's another day, uh, and the, the sun is shining on Kenny. The, the sun shines on <laughs> Kenny, even at night. Uh, and DK Mags is open for business on Old 8 in New Brighton. Yeah, the ammo, it's still coming in, but... As you know, it's also going out, so purchase amounts are limited. So don't go wandering in there thinking you're going to walk out of there with a lifetime su supply. You know the drill. Get it when you can. And I'm assuming you've been to the website, dkmags.com, for all the firearms and accessories. But don't forget, they also have a very nifty YouTube channel with cool videos demonstrating various firearms and the accessories and a Facebook account and, I hear tell of an Instagram account. My goodness. As for the purchasing and enjoyment of firearms, oh boy, get them while you can, GLers. That's about all I can recommend. The DK Mags and Monticello Pond and Gun, the perfect place to acquire those firearms. There are a couple of wonderful gun shops for GLers. It just happens to be that they're run by GLers. DKMags.com. Hiking is racist. No. <laughs> Los Angeles Times found somebody named Victoria Hernandez to write a piece that's part of the Los Angeles Times Ultimate Guide to Hiking in L.A. And this e edition says, Long-time oppression and historical barriers have kept many people of color from, keep, from feeling comfortable in the outdoors. 
<laughs> the insanity uh, that we're inundated with is incredible. Now that may be changing, groups in Southern California and around the nation have made it their goal to introduce people of color to nature. Their mission is to remove barriers and help people experience the connection, whether they are seeking fitness, healing, personal accomplishment, or knowledge about all of the outdoors has to offer. For many, the first step is going on a hike. Here are groups working towards a more diverse outdoors. I would think the first step would just be to open your door. Hey, it's right there. There that's, it is. That's outside. See, it's funny, Joe, because you're bringing up something that's driven me crazy my whole life. By hiking, do you mean going for a walk? <laughs> is that what you mean, going for a walk? <laughs> I just call it because, going for a walk. Right, because, Such, you go hiking almost every day. Yeah. Well, that's because you have white privilege. <laughs> but it's just going for a walk. I have seen black people when I'm out walking. I'm going to confront them. No. <laughs> no. Aren't you afraid to be outdoors, sir? No, I would not do that. <laughs> Latino outdoors. Well, they have Christian Lamont chapter calls the process of removing barriers. Barriers is a favorite word of these people, isn't it? The hike before the hike. Okay. A warm-up? That's that, Oh, I know what that Foreplay. is, Joe. That's That's the walk from the car to the, the uh, trailhead. That's yeah, the warm-up <laughs> walk. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that people of color see themselves represented on the trail, so they have to imagine, uh, you can do it. You can see yourself on that trail. Uh, his first hike with the group was to Baldwin Hills Scenic Overlook in Culver City. He was encouraged by the families that showed up. The easy conversation that flowed between Spanish and English and how group founder Jose Gonzalez welcomed everyone. The organization frequently collaborates with other hiking groups to bring a further sense of unity to Los Angeles. All right. Then there's the hike CLERB, C-L-E-R-B. What's that? I don't know. Evelyn Escobar grew up hiking with her tia. I don't know what that is. As she went on excursions in national parks, she felt out of place as a black Latina and noticed that people looked at her funny. Oh, BS, lady. Really? You feel out of place? I got you're out of place. When she moved to Los Angeles, she decided to create a hiking community and started Hike Club in 2017 with an Instagram account. Her husband took their first group photo when they hiked in Griffith Park. Five years later, the account has more than 20,000 followers around the world, and Escobar has empowered women of color to experience the nature that has fueled her. So they're, they're going to go outside mm. with the outdoorsy girls. Uh, the Black Neighborhood. In the moment of reckoning in America spurred by George Floyd's death, uh, Bryce Savoy was reminded of the need for the black community connect, to connect with mental health resources. He used his community outreach program, The Black Neighborhood, to host a hike in June in his native East Oakland and his current home in L.A. We wanted to create or work toward creating community and creating spaces for black people to just exist and decompress, just to feel and emote. So they, they, they have hikes. Uh, black Girls Trekking. Michelle Race and Tiffany Tharp founded Black Girls Trekking in 2017 after they found personal healing through walking. The group, which works well, to create community and dismantle stereotypes about who belongs in the outdoors, now has more than 33,000 followers on Instagram. Boy, I can, 
Yeah? What? Can you find anything wrong with this? I can't find anything wrong with this at all. This is great because, as you know, and we all know, there's nothing better than going for a walk. They're complicating, uh, put, they're yeah, complicating exactly. something that didn't need to be complicated. Exa- thank you. Exactly. Just go for a walk. Yeah, and if you need to put together a group to do it, oh, hell yes, absolutely do it. This, uh, this is not a new phenomenon, apparently, Joe. I, I did a little research while you talked about this. Yeah. Uh, there, I found an article from 2016 written by a member of the Sierra Club and a member of the U.S. military. It's entitled, The Unbearable Whiteness of Hiking and How to Solve It. Huh. So apparently this has been a movement for some years now. Well, remember uh, yesterday what the fat sex therapist told the kids yeah. at, at, at St. Olaf, that fitness is evil. Fitness is Nazism. <laughs> right. So you, I guess you have to overcome that too. If you, yeah. But I don't, know, I don't know a single soul. What, what irritates me about the left is how they darken the world. I don't know a single soul. In fact, it's incomprehensible to me that anyone would think a person of color does not belong outdoors. I, I, this, right. it's, it, it's incomprehensible to me that that thought right. could even exist. And I insist that it doesn't exist. I insist that no. it doesn't. I think, I think the left seizes upon these uh, small examples and then blows them up into mountains. And then suddenly we're supposed to think, oh, my God, I'm white. I get to be outside. No, anyone can be outside. <laughs> Open your door. Open your bleeping door. You're outside. For this my buddy, just... uh, our buddy, Orville, OT, after he retired, I would routinely see Orville, I guess we're going to call it hiking now, up and down <laughs> University Avenue. Yeah. Because uh, he liked being in the city, and I asked him, why not go to a park, OT? One time I pulled over and stood there and talked to him for 30 minutes. Because I'm not going to a park. Give me a break. Those beautiful people. He's walking up and down <laughs> University <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> they have a group called Outdoor Asian. That's a national organization that seeks to empower Asian Americans to go outdoors. Okay. Uh, Life's really getting complicated, isn't it? <laughs> disabled, disabled hikers. Now that that'd be a tough group. Uh, that's a resource center for those with disabilities who want to go outdoors. Uh, they would have some obstacles, I would imagine. And uh, so they get together. I think that might make sense for them to help each other. Sure. The American Hiking Society uh, believes the outdoors should be a place of healing and enjoyment for all. It's almost as though what we're, what we're headed towards here is the words that no longer mean anything, and that is, that is uh, being outdoors and going for a walk is an example of white supremacy. When, yeah. it, when of course... It is, it is not. And pushing back against these fools is more imperative than the other. Victoria Hernandez, who wrote that, is a writer who has worked at the Los Angeles Times since 2017. She began her journey in journalism as a sports reporter, writing for the Sun Sentinel and Rivals.com, and has since expanded to covering music and fashion. Hernandez hails from Denver, is a graduate of the U, I don't know what that means, the University of Denver maybe, and her life role model is Fitty Cent. That's her role model. And she has come up with a... Uh, the Los Angeles Times with a five-page piece on there's not enough diversity among the people out going for a walk. 
Well, I'm not taking uh, responsibility for that. I, I will not accept blame for that. I'm not accepting any blame for this. This is. I will say is. though, I am counting my blessings because I, uh, my son and I and another friend were out for a hike in the woods on Sunday, and we at one point stopped and said. You know, if we were in the Twin Cities right now, we'd be in a park on a paved trail, and we'd be calling this hiking. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but to us, it was just three meatheads walking through the woods looking for shed deer antlers. <laughs> the, the problem with this preposterous thinking is that if she can write, a, write five pages in the once important Los Angeles Times, it's gone the way of the LA, uh, the New York Times, if she can, if the L.A. Times can print five pages of "There's not enough diversity in hiking," then then what what topic of the human condition would not be safe from the same accusation? Oh, right, it's never going to end. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you could find similar articles about bicycling. That that there's not enough diversity in bicycling. Uh, and then you, if you, if you really wanted to go off the deep end, you could you could apply it to anything. Uh, presumably there's not enough diversity in sailing, right? Well, or horseback riding, or kayaking. Okay, so we've talked to the Reverend about this, actually. Mm -hmm. And you and I um, have urged him and volunteered and, and wished him good luck in finding places to take the youth of North Minneapolis that are literally stuck right in the inner city and they don't have access to lakes, and I believe the Reverend has, in fact, done that, taken busloads of kids out to a lake, and yeah. I don't know, did they go sailing, or what did they do, fishing or something, but they had a blast, and I think those opportunities are pretty important for, especially kids stuck right in the middle of a rotten city. About two weeks ago, there was a piece in the Star Tribune, and I apologize, I can look it up, about a doctor who's trying to bring uh, expose hockey to black kids on the north side, and I meant to reach out to him and see if he you know, needed help or a donation or something. I, I would love to see these kids play hockey. Uh, and there's no reason why they shouldn't except the cost of skates. And so if that can be offset, uh, let's go here, kids. Start a hockey team. So uh, I, I looked at some of the comments underneath the original tweet of the hiking is racist piece, Joe. Yeah. And most of them are pushing back. Like, come on, this is nonsense. What are we doing here? But then there's one guy, this is obviously tongue-in-cheek, saying, you know what, while we're at it, breathing too. Breathing's racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where there is nothing safe from this accusation when your goal is to condemn whiteness. I'm sure not everyone has equal access to quality air because of a long systemic history of building industrial buildings in poor neighborhoods. That's a story waiting to be told. I cannot wait till the L.A. Times tackles this tough topic. Haven't we already had that story in some oh, form, Joe? Yeah, no, we have something yes, really? yes, yes, we have. Of oh, course yeah. we have. I think we yeah. did, yes. That's called environmental justice, Chris. There oh, you go. Oh, yeah. sure. Well, those people living around 38th in Chicago are experiencing no environmental justice because all they're doing is breathing gunpowder. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that Speaking makes for of that, bad I air really quality. Want, I really want to have the Reverend and a bunch of kids up here or whoever, maybe his gun club up here, so they can do some shooting out on my range where you're not restricted to you know 50 yards where they can start taking shots out at 300 yards. I think they'd love that. That'd be a lot of fun. He'd take uh, you, you up know, on that's that in a, a heartbeat. And that's another thing that just folks that live in the city might not have that opportunity. And it's a lot of fun for 
all young and old and black and white and everybody in between. But if you're really with, if you're really going to tell me that that people of color feel uncomfortable outdoors, which I don't believe, by the way, where where would people of color feel comfortable? This is this is. Uh, this is a great sin uh, perpetrated on the country. This is a, a great falsehood that that patriarchy and Western civilization has been so oppressive and so evil that it even has been layered down to prevent people of color from going outside, which is utter nonsense. No, it has not. Is it just a matter of getting there? Could that be the issue? Why do you no, have to I'm even reading, get uh, anywhere? Just go yeah, outside uh, your door. I'm reading stories uh, where what Joe just said, uh, the pe people of color do not feel comfortable at times hiking okay. in areas. Uh, Why? You know. Well, are they meeting up with rednecks? Are there uh, hillbillies out on the trail? There was a thing in 2018 where the cops were called because a group of black people were hiking, you know, you know stuff like that. Really? Did some, Karen, did some Karen call 911 on them? Exactly. Yes, oh. exactly. Oh. Well, exactly. you get that in Central Park. Too. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to say, like the gal on the, with the bird watcher. Yeah, same. Oh, oh, yeah, the, that's right. Well, I, I think racism should be in, in, assigned individually or acute, you know, not, not mm -hmm. the whole... Mm -hmm. Not the whole lot of us. Yeah. The whole lot of us. Hiking is racist. <laughs> I, uh, How you Jane doing, Fonda man? came to town. That's right. She was oh. in Park Rapids yesterday, and she met with a group of protesters who are fighting against Enbridge Energy's Line 3 project. An old, uh, an old Jane uh, was shaking her fist and, uh, claiming that pollution is going to be the result. And I only have one question for Jane. And what would that be, staff? What would my question to her be? Mm, Something about Barbarella? Do you still yeah. have that outfit from how, Barbarella? How would you transport it without the pipeline? Well, that's your, well, that would be a question, but I have an even more basic one for Jane. Okay. How in the hell did you get here? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Did and you walk, you Jane? Continue to live. Yeah. You gonna walk here, Jane? Well, she couldn't hike because that's racist. So she. This didn't fraud hike there. probably flew here in a private jet, and then probably had a big black windowed, black blacked out windowed <laughs> suburban that took her up to Park Rapids. Who were you kidding? <laughs> what like was Shay says, BBR, big black rig. Yeah. <laughs> what was the uh, prediction that she made a couple of months ago that we talked about on the show? If something happened, she was going to leave the country or so something. You guys remember that at all? Oh, she's probably one of the phonies that said if Trump wins, she's leaving. But was that it? Was yeah. it? Maybe it was a luxury. We'll never know now. I don't think there. Wasn't Springsteen going to leave? He said it as a joke. Did you hear the damned interview? God, you Some, people. Well, who was the one who was going to go to, who was going to move to Greece? Somebody was going to move to Greece. Streisand. Springsteen was going to Australia. Well, that's right. He's but, going he, to Australia. but he said that and then laughed and chuckled like, you know. Like he does, yeah. like he do. Mm -hmm. Streisand has been leaving for the last four or five elections, hasn't she? Oh, she's like always every, every, yeah. yeah, every every time she uh, <laughs> yeah. doesn't like one candidate, she's going to leave. Every four years, people go to her house and wave. I'm going to find this Jane Fonda because I know we I talked just, about it extensively. I My wish I could. Story about her was when she went to jail. And then she get herself arrested like five Fridays in a row, and uh, she let one of the inmates uh, use her coat as a yeah. pillow. 
Uh, but then when she was sprung, she grabbed that coat because she's not going to leave it there. It costs money. <laughs> yeah. I did see uh, a Barbara Streisand uh, thing. Uh, there's a great Robert Klein documentary. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, the comedian Robert Klein. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to another celebrity who said, yeah, I moved uh, right next to Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Klein said, did you go next door and borrow a cup of ego? <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, anyway, brothers and sisters, uh, I hope you'll go for a walk if you feel like it. Uh, I really don't think there's any laws on the books or anything in the Constitution that would prevent it. Uh, I think the writings throughout time dating back to ancient Greece, there would be no mention of... Uh, Let's make sure dark-skinned people can't walk. They make sure they can't go for a walk. That that'd be terrible. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to take a cracker escort with you. Yeah. But uh, I would like to see you take a group of people for a walk, Joe, because you've got the funniest gait I've ever seen <laughs> on a human being, and I think that would be uh, amusing for the whole lot of them. That'd be entertaining, wouldn't it? Kind of the Charlie Chaplin thing. Walk. Yeah, yeah, you got a weird walk going. All right, I found it. January tenth of twenty twenty. Remember, Jane Fonda did a weekly climate change protest outside of the U.S. Capitol. Right. right. Yep. And then right, she yep. kept showing up saying her mission. And I basically, I think I said that this was just, she was just trying to stay relevant in some way. That right. was basically her mission. Right. Got it. Okay. Got to the bottom of that. <laughs> See, there's a special offer on now from the people at Red Savoy Pizza. It's for loyal GLers, and it's online. You, uh, you secure that Red Savoy app or go to the SavoyPizza.com website. And then when you order your pizza from any of the 14 Red Savoy's locations all around the metro, you put GL at checkout after you order the pizza, then you're going to get the free cheese bread and sauce. It's a special advantage for GLers. You can't walk in off the street and say, hey, I want a little something for the cheese bread, huh? It's no, right. it's, got, it's got to be done online. And then uh, uh, I personally would be more interested in the pizza myself, but... Uh, because it's the original recipe from 1965 from Red Savoy on 7th Street in St. Paul. Even the sausage is an original Red's recipe prepared exclusively for Red Savoy pizza, cut soda style, thin crust, and in squares since 1965. And I'm telling you something, if you haven't had it, you are really in for a treat. And you can now find Red Savoy in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park. It's on White Bear Avenue in St. Paul. It's on uh, it's on St. Uh, Peter Street in downtown St. Paul where the wild train. Snelling Avenue in St. Paul, Vadness Heights, and Woodbury. It's Red Savoy. It's the best. It always has been. And uh, right now, go on, get that app or go online and then... Uh, Pick up some free cheese bread to take home with the world's best pizza. It's Red Savoy Pizza, uh, original soda, S-O-T-A, since 1965. Hey, it's Reavers here once again for Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. And Josh has a very simple question for you, and it's do you know what you own? You see, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, they have no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, no, 
know what you own. And make sure you tune into Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday for Mr. Money Talks Report. You're going to hear it from himself. That's right. Josh joins us every Tuesday and Thursday in Garage Logic. Trust is often overused and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. Give him a call today for that free 48 minute financial consultation at 952 925 5608. That's 952 925 5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Ah, guys, I am looking at the sexiest thing I have ever seen on the internet. You're not on that fax... Fat sex therapist site again, are you? You zip your lip, Grandpa. Uh, I am looking at a 2022 Skidoo Summit 850, and I can't believe the price of this thing brand new. My goodness. How am I going to do this? Uh, Are you going to tell us? Do you have any room in your garage, Such i got to store this thing somewhere (laughs) till next winter. Uh, we We could figure something out. MoonMotorsports.com, that's where I'm going to go. There's a lot happening right now at Moon this spring. Snowmobile riders, I'm talking to you, it's us. Now is our time to order that Skidoo Summit 850. And I've been told, get the 850, don't bother with the 800. The 850 is amazing. Uh, You can also find deals on Polaris sleds. The Skidoo, I figured it out, I looked at the calendar here. The Skidoo spring order lasts until March 31st, that is two weeks and one day uh if you're a polaris guy or gal that snow check thing even longer april 15th and don't forget all remaining in stock snow apparel and helmets 25 percent off now at moon motorspots uh excuse me moonmotorsports.com uh family owned they've they've been in monticello there for 50 years a multi-line power sports dealer in monticello nobody has more to choose from than moon and if you're wondering how to get that machine of your dreams in the garage today, it's so easy to finance that rig. Amoon has partnered up with many lenders, and they've levered these, uh, leveraged these partnerships, and they can bring you seasonally low rates with options for extended terms. I'm talking Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Yamaha, and Ski-Doo, my new favorite brand. Moon Motorsports there on the south side of 94. It's just a tiny little jaunt west of Highway 25 in Sella, and you're going to love the place. Oh, 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 I almost forgot. Save the date, May 8th. It's Moon's annual open house, uh, and it's scheduled where you can experience the very best in power sports and all the other fun stuff on full display, moonmotorsports.com. And if you're going to bring home a new sled, make sure it's the same color as the old one. That way you've uh, you've pulled off some gold fishing and you evade the uh, 48-hour rule. There you go. That's yeah. why I need you, Such, because the one I'm looking at is black and gray. And, yeah. oh, my God, it is so sexy. Oh, I can see myself wheeling up the side of a mountain. You steer it like you're on, uh, like you're on a, a water scooter. You don't. The huh. skis never even touch the snow. Huh. <laughs> Under the Department of Inevitability, a story posted this morning early on the Star Tribune website, Bill would decriminalize fare evasion on light rail transit. So what the hell, let's just make it free. Yeah. Just 49 people were fined for failing to pay their fare on Metro Transit buses and trains in 2018 and 2019. 
in two years, 49 people. But that doesn't mean Minnesotans are especially diligent about paying their way. The reality, according to the Metropolitan Council, is that local prosecutors are inclined to pursue far more serious crimes instead of a $180 fine for an unpaid $2 transit ticket. Two pending measures in the state capitol would change the way fares are collected. A pivot that supporters say will make the system safer and more pleasant. Both bills would decriminalize fare evasion on Metro Transit by issuing offenders a $35 administrative citation akin to a parking ticket. And I'll bet you 10 bucks they're not going to do that either. Uh, they also call for uniformed transit safety officials, not police officers, to ride light rail trains and some buses to collect fares, answer questions, and connect homeless passengers and those with mental health or substance abuse issues to available services. This effort has bipartisan support. Uh, I think the prospects are pretty good, said State Rep. Steve Elkins, DFL Bloomington, who authored the House bill. Last time it was hard fought. This year's bill is simpler and cleaner. One recent convert is Senator Scott Newman, Republican Hutchinson, chairman of the Senate Transportation Finance and Policy Committee. There's really nothing wrong going from a criminal citation to a civil citation, he said. It's important to have someone on the train in a uniform who is easily identified by someone as a passenger as a, a passenger who can talk to with a certain appearance of respectability and authority, Newman said. The new transit agents won't be armed, but they would work closely with Metro Transit's police force. The Met Council, which operates Metro Transit, hopes to hire 54 of these safety officers by 2023, and then they'll make their rounds on the green and blue lines and on several bus routes uh, where fares are paid at transit stations and not on board. And it goes on and on and on to say this. Basically, what we're, what, what we're headed towards, this is going to be completely free and another entitlement. Uh, 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 what's the word I want? Another entitlement provided to the, uh, to the citizenry. And coming soon to the Southwest Metro. Well, it's no different than, than the mayor of St. Paul. One of the first things he did, it wasn't terribly important that he do it, but he excused all library fines. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, now you're going to sure. excuse not paying your... It's, it's a free ride. It's, it's been a free ride since the day it opened, and it will continue to be. I wasn't clear, though. Are they going to actually not charge fares at all? So they're going to pull all the ticketing units? Or oh, no. Are no. they just not going to prosecute and pursue people that don't have a ticket and haven't paid they're going to hand those people a ticket akin to a parking ticket so it's, yeah. it's not a you're not going to jail type thing uh hmm. representative donald raleigh republican circle pines a member of the public safety and criminal justice reform committee said he worried that transit agents would violate passengers fourth amendment rights prohibiting unreasonable searches by demanding their personal information Fair checks would result in a private citizen asking another private citizen for your papers, he said, noting the practice oh. could open the state and Met Council litigation. <coughs> Excuse me. Perfect. Though. The measure passed the committee despite the objections of Raleigh and six others. The uh, push to create a force of transit agents and decriminalize fares began early last year in the legislature, but the bill stalled in a House committee and failed to get traction in the Senate. In the Senate. A highly publicized surge in serious crime, robberies, aggravated assaults, and theft on light rail trains in late 2019 made the debate over transit safety especially charged when the COVID-19 pandemic hit priorities at the Capitol shifted. And now, uh, now we're seeing what they uh, would do here. Uh, 
The bill would strengthen the ban on passengers who have committed crimes on public transit, and it would require Hennepin and Ramsey counties to help finance the program. The Met Council has said it would use federal pandemic stimulus money to pay for the program for the next two years. Transit ridership uh, is down 53% in 2020 because of the COVID-19 outbreak. And trips remain limited to essential excursions such as work, school, and grocery shopping. Still, said Representative John Kosnick, Republican Lakeville, a co-author of the House bill, as riders come back to transit, they'll have a new experience. Everyone agrees safety is important to a successful transit system. Uh, We're slowly but surely just getting to the point where no money will be expected for you to ride public transit. It's never in the cards to begin with because you could never make that thing pay for itself. It's too expensive, and the fares aren't expensive enough. You know what this is going to mean, don't you? Mm-hmm. Usually from about oh, what uh, Thanksgiving until March first, that thing was already a homeless shelter in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. That's mm-hmm. that's just going to make it that much more worse on that thing. It's going to be awful. Uh, it, it hasn't really worked out the way the visionaries intended. Uh, the people no. in this, the people in this salon saw you know quaint streets in the Netherlands, and um, <laughs> but that just isn't the way it's working out. Aren't the majority of the homeless on the train basically harmless? Yeah. They keep to themselves and they, they sleep and stay warm. Yeah. I haven't read, I mean, I mean, there's a few instances where they get out of hand and they disrupt things and work over a passenger or so, but by and large, most of them just sit quietly and mind their own business and try to stay warm. I don't know. I haven't been on the train for a long time. Uh, I'm fortunate. I don't need to. Uh I do use it if I go to a Twins game, but even that could be up in the air now. I don't know. I don't know if I want to bring a bunch of little kids on the train right now. Yeah, the good thing about that is, oh, you hop on like at the caboose and take it down uh, there, and it's already crowded, and you know you're elbow to elbow, standing room only, and the no, same I, thing for the return trip. I hop on a KSTP, and then oh, right, right. So yeah, and, yeah, and right, then take right. off. You know. Yeah. Well. We got our old friend, the guitar-playing newsman, coming up, Mr. John Height, in just a moment. Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Souchere. Don't start talking yet, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you and my roommate. <laughs> I want to listen to Dylan. <laughs> wonderful. Just wonderful. For a beautiful lawn, all season long, <laughs> get on yep. the horn professionalturf.com pro turf customers they know that days like today are or yesterday or for bonus precipitation <laughs> days turns out i wrote this piece yesterday uh but you know once things hit 60 degrees around the metro for more than two days in a row uh that lawn treated by professionalturf.com is going to go grow like crazy and once again they'll have the best lawn on the block it doesn't matter what it looks like today because uh, by mid-april uh, may 1st it's going to be amazing click that link professionalturf.com you'll be able to schedule a free in-person person estimate 
And if you so choose, and I, I urge you to so choose, you, you sign up for a treatment with liquid and granular fertilizers. It's applied by a full-time year-round guy or gal. Years of experience under their belt. These employees, they know our lawns better than you do. And uh, they can see things coming before you can, and they know how to treat it. It's the best thing I ever did for my lawn. And for that matter, my ego. Nothing better than having the best lawn on the block. They also do wonderful landscape work. Uh, and they can fix that sprinkler season of yours, uh, or that sprinkler system of yours. Um, you know, put it to bed in the fall, wake it oh. up in the spring, they can do all that. <laughs> Let me just say professionalturf.com and take this microphone away from me. My goodness. Wow. You know, like they can fix the sprinkler heads, like at my house, where they just get run over all the time. I'm actually having them do that very thing, Kenny, because I took one out when I was mowing the lawn last summer. So they're going to do my lawn, and they're also going to replace the sprinkler head. I'm looking forward to it. Here's I will Johnny write both you, and, both you and Joe a check now. Thank you. You're fellas. welcome. <laughs> this update brought to you by professionalturf.com. Yesterday's snowfall brought to accidents 200, in fact, the Minnesota State Patrol, more than 200. Between 8 yesterday morning and 9.30 last night, a total of 264 crashes. Uh-oh. What? Yeah, what, you said accidents. Wrong, they're crashes or oh, I'm sorry. wrecks. Yeah, they're not you, you know, the problem there, I ad-libbed the first paragraph, so you don't ad-lib. What's crashes, the difference? We'll call them. I just learned that during my pro-turf spot. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. What's but the to- difference? Between an accident uh, and a crash. crash is unavoidable, or an accident is unavoidable. An act of God, a crash could easily be prevented if you oh. slow down Got and it. pay attention and so, not drive like a jackass. So Tiger Woods crashed. Yeah. That wasn't an accident. That was, yeah. That was a crash. Between 8 in the morning and 9.30 last night, a total of 264 Crashes occurred, according to the Minnesota State Patrol. 251 vehicles spun out or went off the road, and 13 jackknifed semis were also reported uh, during all that mess yesterday. The judge presiding over the murder trial of Derek Chauvin has numerous options before him to weigh in the wake of the city of Minneapolis agreeing in the midst of the jury selection to pay the Floyd family $27 million. The payout being made to settle the federal lawsuit brought against the city was announced last week as jurors are being questioned about whether they could impartially judge the evidence in the trial. Hennepin County District Judge Peter Cahill said moments before jury selection resumed Tuesday morning, he would take up the settlement tomorrow on Wednesday. So we'll know more then about his thoughts on that. On Monday, the Ramsey County Attorney's Office announced its intent to retry a man charged in connection to a May 2020 shooting in St. Paul. Anthony James Trifoletti was charged with one count of second-degree murder in the fatal shooting of Douglas Lewis. Last week, a mistrial declared in Trifoletti's case after a jury could not reach a verdict. According to the complaint, St. Paul police called on the night of May 1st, 2020 to the report of a shooting on the 1300 block of Burns Avenue. When police got there, they found Lewis, who had suffered multiple gunshot wounds. Lewis was later pronounced dead at an area hospital. The complaint said officers found Trifoletti near the scene. He told officers he had a handgun in the glove box. The complaint says Trifoletti told police his GPS instructed him to exit onto Burns Avenue from Highway 61, and when he turned the right rear corner of his vehicle, uh, right rear corner there, his vehicle was bumped from behind. He said he pulled to the side of the road and Lewis began to yell at him. He said he feared Lewis might have a weapon. He told his friends in another truck to leave. Lewis then got out of his car. Trifoletti shot him several times. The complaint says officers found four 9mm shell casings on the ground in the area Lewis had 
no weapon. Authorities in Coon Rapids confirmed a man was shot by officers there Monday afternoon after he refused to put down a gun. According to a release from the Coon Rapids Police Department, it happened just before 4 p.m. Police got there on the report of a man who was having mental health issues and carrying a gun. Officers later spotted the man walking on Hanson Boulevard, but lost him after he walked into a residential area. Police say officers located the man again, saw he had a gun in his hand. They deployed a less-than-lethal beanbag shotgun, which hit the man after he refused to put the gun down. After the man was hit, though, he continued to walk through a wooded area. A few minutes later, officers deployed a second less-than-lethal beanbag shotgun. According to the department, after the man refused to drop his weapon then, two officers fired their service weapons. According to Coon Rapids Police, the man was uh, in stable condition last evening. It's all being investigated by the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Washington gearing up for a battle over raising taxes. As President Biden looks for a way to pay for his agenda, while Republicans are planning to dig their heels in ahead of the 2022 elections, the president last week signed a $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package that was mostly deficit-financed. The White House and congressional Democrats are now turning their attention to another economic recovery package, possibly focused on infrastructure, jobs, and climate change. A key question will include... If Come on! <laughs> Key question will include if and how to pay for such a proposal. The president proposing a slew of tax increases during his presidential campaign that are expected to be on the table as part of the discussions. That will, of course, face fierce opposition from Republicans and business groups. It's amazing we get that both federally on the federal level and the local level. The headline in the Star Tribune today, Minneapolis digs deep for $27 million yeah. payout in the Floyd case. They spent all of the money in the account that covers lawsuits, all of it. Yeah, and Chris, you were asking about that. They did have a rainy day fund for such things. Okay, yeah. got it. And it's gone. A dissident band of Roman Catholic priests leading a disobedience campaign against the Vatican said on Tuesday morning they would carry on blessing same-sex couples in defiance of the church's orders. The Vatican said on Monday that priests cannot bless same-sex unions and that such blessings are not valid in a ruling that disappointed gay Catholics who had hoped their church was becoming more welcoming under Pope Francis. In some countries, parishes and ministers have begun blessing same-sex unions in lieu of marriage. There have been calls for bishops to institutionalize de facto blessings. Conservatives in the 1.3 billion member Roman Catholic Church have expressed alarm over those practices. The Parish Priest Initiative, led by Father Helmut Schuler, has long been a thorn in the side of the Vatican. I'm uh, very surprised at Pope Francis' decree on this. He is a bleeding-heart leftist, and uh, uh, I, I would have expected him to have come up with the opposite of that, to tell you the truth. What are you hearing from your fellow uh, Catholics about this, Joe? I anything? No, it doesn't. I, it hasn't. Uh, it hasn't come up. I mean, I, it's it's not a conversation that that might right. be routinely had. But I'm, I am, I'm somewhat surprised that he took that position. Yeah, I was too. But I'm an outsider when it comes yeah. to your church. Can I make one cor correction uh, mm -hmm. regarding the previous story? I said the rainy day fund is gone. That is uh, incorrect. The rainy day fund is reserved for emergencies and other unexpected expenses to help cover the cost. They're going to have to dip into that now yeah. that the other fund has been uh, uh, used up. So, 
U.S. reported a 22% decline in deaths from COVID-19 last week, while vaccinations accelerated to a record 2.4 million shots a day. And according to a Reuters analysis of state, county, and CDC data, as of Sunday, 21% of the U.S. population has received at least one dose of the vaccine. That's up from 18% a week ago. The number of new COVID-19 cases being reported each week has dropped for nine straight weeks now, falling 10% to just under 378,000 in the seven days ended March 14th. Uh, that unfortunately is not the case in Europe. Half of Italy's 20 regions have again gone into the strict, uh, strictest form of lockdown as a third wave of coronavirus has threatened to overrun hospitals in Italy. Cities of Rome, Milan and Venice are also covered by the tough restrictions. French President Emmanuel Macron on Monday hinted at stricter measures amid intense speculation that Paris will be in lockdown on Saturday. He said there's no doubt tighter restrictions are needed. And the head of Germany's public health declared on Friday the country was now at the beginning of a third wave. I have a question. Um, yesterday, yes, Governor sir. Walls announced he extended his emergency powers. Why? Our numbers are going well, down. Well, he, he actually did that last week. Uh, oh, I, saw, I thought I saw them. something yesterday. The Republicans, uh, I believe, actually filed suit against that, and that's why it was a news story yesterday. Oh, uh, so he, defend, yeah. he defended the, the, uh, the use of them yesterday, okay. I guess. Was, I have a theory. Or I don't have a theory. Uh, Lisa from almost Iowa, who's in the healthcare industry, writes, I am sitting listening to my husband's phone conversation on a new bus and the discussion of what wording to put on a sticker by a window to open it in an emergency answered the question of why COVID <laughs> restrictions. Have you ever taken a look at stickers on any product? I think back to a toy grocery cart for my then two-year-old, and the sticker said, not made for people to sit in. Seriously, this sticker was needed? We have become a society that we sue someone when something goes wrong. I can just imagine the protests that would have been made if the government did nothing in regards to the pandemic. So it is not so much of a society not wanting to take a risk, an idea you floated. It is people looking for someone to blame when things fall apart. I work as a nurse at a major medical center, and they had to remind us multiple times to not eat meals in a group setting without mass. Rather, we need to find a place away from others. So this is my thought. Lisa from almost Iowa. Uh, that, that could very well factor into it, litigation. And I think the answer to Chris's question on why the government, uh, why Walls wants uh, another round of uh, executive uh, he'll always tell you that he needs that in case uh, the bleep hits the fan and he's got to take action again. That would be his answer. If suddenly there's a spike because of the variant or what have you. Okay. Because we're going to get a spike over Christmas, right? And we're well, going to get a spike over New Year's, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And spring break, we're going to get one because of spring break, too. It'll right? be interesting to see what, what comes of spring break. There's a lot of kids down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could the French Bulldog become America's favorite dog? Not to me. After riding a rocket ship to popularity over the last quarter century, Frenchies came in second to only Labrador Retrievers. The leaders I'm a lab for 30, man. I'm a lab guy. For 30 straight years, the lab has been number one in the American Kennel Club's latest rankings set to be released tomorrow. Woof. The rankings reflect the relative numbers of purebreds, mainly puppies, that were added last year to the oldest U.S. dog registry. Stocky and smoosh-faced French bulldogs have their charms in the fans' eyes, but also limitations. 
AKC spokesperson Brandy Hunter said they're not the type of dog to go hiking with, but if you want a dog that's going to snuggle up with you, be cute, be adaptable, that's the kind of breed for you. Uh, number one was the lab. Number two, Frenchies. Yes, Mr. Souchere. Weren't those the kinds of dogs that Radio Gaga uh, paid a million dollars for their return? French Bulldogs? You just call her Radio Gaga? You just call her Radio Gaga. Radio Gaga. That's a song. That's but a that's song, where she actually. got her name, obviously, right? <laughs> Lady Gaga. Is that a Queen song? Well, yeah, that is a Radio Queen song. Radio Gaga. Radio Gaga. Uh, yes, they were Frenchies, I believe, weren't they? French yeah. Bulldogs? Yes. Uh, they were she loved them French Bulldogs because she put all up. Our money to get them back. I thought I saw too that yeah. she didn't pay the person that returned them because she was convinced that that person had something to do with their disappearance. Is that accurate? I have no idea. I, I have not seen. I didn't see a follow up. I my my Lady Gaga uh, reading is limited to whatever's in the <laughs> cut line of a photo. Got it. <laughs> the other top ten breeds, by the way: German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, Regular Bulldogs, Poodles, Beagles, Rottweilers, and German Short-haired. Pointers, last but not least, making the top ten for the first time in eight years, Dachshunds. Oh. David Fincher's Wiener Mank. Dogs. That's right, Wiener Dogs. Yeah. David Fincher's Mank has led nominations for the 93rd Academy Awards with ten nods. Eight films nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I must say. <laughs> I like must the kid say, in school. <laughs> yeah, I have my hand raised. I must yes. say. Uh, this is the first year of my life when I do not know about any single movie nominated. You know what? Uh, I'm the opposite because they're all on TV now instead of going to the theater. You can well, watch should I watch TV. Mank? Should I watch Mank? Uh, I have not seen Mank yet, although I've heard it's fabulous. The story yeah, of Frank Mankiewicz, seen. right? The story of Frank Mankiewicz, who was a co-director, co-writer of Citizen Kane. Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh, I have seen uh, other films that were nominated, uh, eight films nominated for Best Picture, Mank, uh, Promising Young Woman, Nomadland, which uh, is also on television. My wife saw that and said it was fabulous. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I watched on television and thought was fabulous. Uh, Sound of Metal, Minari, and Trial of the Chicago 7, which I also watched on television. What's the Black it's an, Judas? Uh, it's, a, it, it's about, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? The... Uh, Fell in Chicago, uh, Black Panther. Uh, Huey can't think Newton? of his name. Huey no, 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 no. The one, the one they uh, killed. The FBI killed. I don't. Basically. Know. Uh, I don't know. Oh God, what's his name? No, I can't think. That's of it. okay, it's John. Me nuts. It's okay. No, it's not. Uh, look, I'll that look that up. up. I'll, look, I'll look it up. John, um, what about? Have you seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? I and have Such, not. Don't freak out. This is a real movie. That is also on heard of it. television. You can watch yeah. all of these on yeah. TV, which is great. Yeah. I, I really want to see that one, too, along with Mank, because that sounds like that one's pretty good. All right. The uh, U.S. versus Billy Holiday is also on television. That's I, I'm scared to several. watch that because I know all about that story, and it just makes me so angry. So, I don't know if yeah. I want to see it. I understand. It's really depressing I what have they the, did to Billy. I have the Wikipedia page, John, directed by Shaka King. Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party <laughs> per FBI agent Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover. Who's the guy it's about? The Black Panther. Fred Hampton? Thank you, Fred Hampton. He was a leader in Jesus, Chicago. Jesus, you're Black a worse Panthers. waiter than Joe. I felt like Roycey there for a minute because that's the way he get gets. There. Yeah. Well, it's it's about Fred Hampton. It's really, really well done. What Extremely is well his done. name? <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt right there. Wow. Speaking of movies, Yafet Kato. You guys know Yafet Kato. What'd you call me? 
Yvette <laughs> Cotto, great actor. Was uh, 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 he was in *Living Let Die*, *Alien*, and oh right, course, right, yes. And, and he played uh, the wonderful Alonzo Mosley no. in yes. no. *Midnight oh, Run*. Oh, in *Midnight Run*, he was Mosley. He did was exasperated him? completely in that whole movie. Yep. We did lose uh, Yafet. He was 81 years old. Uh, I think it's pronounced Kodo. I think I said Kato. Uh, Kodo's wife, Tessie Sinahan, announced his death in a Facebook post. She said he died Monday in the Philippines, his agent confirming his death. Uh, he was a big guy, if you're familiar with him as an actor, six foot three. Yafet Kodo, a regular and compelling presence across movies, television, and Broadway, beginning with the films Nothing But a Man and the Thomas Crown Affair in the 60s. In 1969, he replaced James Earl Jones in the Pulitzer winning The Great White Hope on Broadway. His big screen breakthrough came as Lieutenant Pope in 1972's Across 110th Street. Raised oh, in the Bronx. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Raised in the Bronx and a descendant of Cameroonian royalty on his father's side, best known for his infuriated FBI agent in Midnight Run, who has his badge stolen by Robert De Niro. He also played the James Bond villain Mr. Big in Live and Let Die and technician Dennis Parker in 1979's Alien. Watch this Question. guy, Jack. He'll steal your smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a 7-Up commercial in the 70s? No, that was uh, the bald-headed guy. Uh, ho, oh, ho, oh, oh, right, the, the, the bad uncle. guy that was on the train. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Yeah, I know who you mean. Um, speaking of deaths, I, we haven't touched on it, but I'm curious as a guy that isn't old enough, uh, Joe, I know you covered boxing, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Yep. That got a ton of attention. I'm just, where does he rank? Because I don't know anything about him other oh, than the name. he was a great name. fighter. He was a great fighter. Okay. Uh, I think Super 70 Sports retweeted a, uh, a round between Hearns and uh, Hagler. Wow. Oh, hmm. there were some. Oh, my goodness. That, that round would kill anybody else but those two. Yeah. Uh, off air, we talked about columnists uh, retiring. Well, Carl Hyacin retired, wrote his last column for Florida newspaper, the Miami Herald. I read it. Uh, and it is. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I haven't read many of his columns, but I love his books. I'm a big, yeah. big fan of his books. Uh, 35 years of opinion writing. Hyacin covered everything from corruption among Miami's power brokers to scandal in Florida's Tallahassee State Capitol to the environmental destruction of the Everglades, an issue very close to his heart. In his final column for the Herald, Hyacin addressed the impact of the long-running crisis in local journalism in the U.S. at a time when he says American newspapers are closing in droves and journalists are being laid off with depressing regularity. Retail corruption is now a breeze, he said, since newspapers and other media can no longer afford enough reporters to cover all the key government meetings. He was, unlike most Floridians, a native Floridian. Hmm. His uh, forebears settled uh, in North Dakota and quickly realized that was a mistake. And so they... <laughs> let's go that way. <laughs> let's go the other way. And they went to Florida, and he tells great stories about... I mean, he's old enough to remember when, as a Boy Scout, he camped on the beach of an undeveloped Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Wow. Did he have a, really? a role in breaking the Epstein story? Because wasn't that the big Miami Herald? Didn't, aren't they the ones that broke I, I the Epstein? Think that was a female think. reporter that, okay. uh, that broke that story. Got yeah. it. He took, uh, seriously, he took seriously the Everglades. He did a lot, he's done a lot of good yeah. work to preserve the Everglades. Even in his books, uh, 
that comes up often. Yeah. Uh, his books are, what would you call them, Joe, mysteries, detective books, but they yeah, have such a sense of humor. Just but I wonderful. just picked up his new one uh, that takes place around uh, around uh, Mar-a-Lago and uh, uh, the tr- presidency, and it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to start it this week. Yeah, a wonderful book writer. Book writer, that's Good funny. friend of John He's, Camp. They were, uh, they were uh, <laughs> teammates on the Miami Herald. John Camp, really? also a very good book writer. Right? He's a good book writer, too. <laughs> book writer. I like huh? the way he's a book writer. Hey, he God. write a book. God, I'm an idiot. I seen him write that book. I seen him write a book. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you were a book writer once or twice, weren't you? Sure, I've been writing them books. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, a feeling you guys are making fun of me. Pretty much. No, not, so, not, at all, not at all. Not, I, not, I said not as it. far as you know. Yeah. For the first time I shut up and then I get mocked. <laughs> uh, speaking of Florida, the Department of Law Enforcement there arrested a mom and daughter accused of illegally accessing hundreds of student accounts. Why? Why? They wanted, they wanted to rig the vote. And make the daughter the teen homecoming queen. Oh, my they God. They Ferris Bueller'd the school. They Ferris Bueller'd yep. the school's computer system. That mom and that daughter are definitely in the no-go zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 50-year-old Laura Rose Carroll and her 17-year-old daughter are charged with offenses against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices. Also charged with unlawful use of a two-way communication device. Also charged with criminal use of personally identified information. And also charged with conspiracy to commit offenses. Do we have the daughter's name? It's bound no, to be don't. foghornable. We oh. don't because she's, oh, she's a minor. So. Yeah, she's a yeah. minor. The scheme <clears throat> took place at Tate High School in Pensacola where Carol's daughter Wait, was enrolled. What? what was it? T-A-T-E. Tate High School. Okay. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Carol worked as an assistant principal <laughs> in an elementary school in the same district at the time. In October 2020, hundreds of votes for Tate High School's homecoming court were tagged as fraudulent, with 117 votes originating from the same IP address linked to Carol's phone. Carol's daughter was still crowned homecoming queen, however. Multiple students later reported that Carol's daughter described using her mom's access to Focus, the student information system, to cast votes from students' accounts. Investigators started looking into the case in November 2020, found that Carol had access to the school board's portal program and that she and her daughter accessed student accounts and voted for Do you daughter. actually know, uh, I don't know if you have this as part of your story, Jim, but do you know who broke this story initially and how they, they were discovered? The, oh. my, the my pillow guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's, well, never mind. In, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope that Mr. Pillow runs for cover. <laughs> Mr. Pillow. Mr. Pillow. <laughs> In uh, Fargo, North Dakota, Andrew Ulmer's condo association ordered him to take his U.S. flag down from his balcony, saying it was making too much noise. It was blowing in the wind, making too much noise, they said. The Federal Freedom to Display the American Flag Act of 2005 forbids HOAs or other residential associations making residents remove a flag, but the act also allows reasonable restrictions if they're necessary to protect the substantial interest of the association. The condo association is threatening Almer with huge fines. Almer says he will not take the flag down and he'll just have to pay the cost. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that. I would have said how many roads must a man walk down 
before you call him a man. That's what I would have said. Mm. Okay. These other two idiots don't get it, John. <laughs> Is that a song? Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a song. Yeah. <laughs> A Florida man is charged Ooh, with murder. Kenny's having a coughing fit after that one. Yes, <laughs> he, uh, he laughed so hard he started I think coughing. We've had three or four jokes here that Joe has just sat there and they've just gone whizzing right over the top. Of well, his he's head. a bird watcher these days, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know. that's true. What are the what are that's the little true. birds that gather in <laughs> shrubbery and they, they just raise shrubbery. a ruckus and there's hundreds of them in there. I think uh, they're you'll chickadees, be, aren't they? They have to be chickadees because they're small. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've noticed they will take on and gang up on any size bird. They'll go after those big piolated woodpeckers. They have no fear. What's piolated? Piliated. What's that word mean? Piliated. Piliated? I don't know what that that means either. I get a hairy woodpecker about every other day right here at the suet feeder. Well, that's what they're called, fellas. Sorry, you're a sophomore in high school. Thank you and good night. I think I found today's highlight for you, too. <laughs> here it is. I got a bird manual that I sit here with at my desk. Really? It's right yeah. here. It's the birds of the Midwest. Uh-huh. It's called... Oh, show it to me. I think I have that same book, unfortunately. <laughs> right here. Oh, my goodness. We've yeah. got the same book. Harry Woodpecker, oh. large bill, red spot, female, lacks the red spot. So... Uh-huh. That guy comes around. Yep. So there you have it. In other stories, another Florida story, a man there, I shouldn't laugh at this one. Uh, it has a weird twist to it, though. man is charged with murdering his 77-year-old grandfather. According to CBS affiliate WPEC, the Lake County Sheriff's Office was called to a home in DeLand in central Florida on Saturday night for reports of a man who said he was attacked by granddad. 30-year-old Colby Parker told deputies he and his granddad were smoking marijuana when there was a confrontation. He claims he was only acting in self-defense when the older man attacked him with a knife. He then told deputies he got the knife away, used it on Wells, who was found dead on the front porch. While being questioned by police, Parker allegedly pulled two human ears from his pants pockets. Those were later discovered to be the ears of granddad. I can get you an ear. I can get you an ear by 3 (laughs) o'clock. Wow. Deputy said Parker then became violent toward them. He was eventually subdued and taken into custody. Investigators say Parker confessed to hitting Granddad multiple times in the head and then stabbing him. Uh, Parker is charged with second-degree murder, battery on a law enforcement officer, and resisting arrest with violence. Throw your hands in the air if you've ever uh, hit the bong with Grandpa. Yeah, Never knew my grandfather. Uh, He grew up in a sod hut, didn't he? No, I, that was uh, Grandma. Joe, Joe and I have that in common. I never knew either of my grandfathers. Never knew either of my grandfathers. Uh, not the bong, Kenny, but I did get a pinch of Copenhagen when I was about nine, and I was <laughs> sick for at least three days. <laughs> and I, I bet you've never had chewing oh, tobacco since, Not have you? since. That was the last so, time. Grandpa is a pretty smart guy. Did it exactly. 100% did it on purpose. Okay, Keith Richards, you, you probably smoked did, your grandfather's ashes, huh, Keith? No, no, I let, did let, not. let me ask you, Chris. Yeah. Did, did your grandfather do this with the can? Oh, yeah. And then open it. And then open I had it. an uncle who would not take a, a shot of that without doing that. And then looking at me and laughing like he was, you know, a big Tap shot. the can, huh? Yep. John, are you going to make a... 
Are you going to make a Grunhofer's run this weekend, John? Uh, I need to. I need Reavers to. did yes. last week. He Joe, issued a warning. And you know what did, did I you made? Lose some meatloaf. I did. I I did. I only I only purchased four, but I found <laughs> an underrated <laughs> item on the Grunhofer shelf. Are you guys ready for this? Kenny, pay really? attention. I made tacos last night for me and the boys, and guess what I used? I don't know. Ground veal. Oh, it, that sounds good. It was so good. Huh. And they oh, come in really? you know, like a regular size package, like you'd buy a hamburger. And I thought, you know what? I'll give this a shot. It was, you know, totally worth it. It's incredible. And I even used the Grunhofer wow. seasoning with it. It was so good. Oh, man, that does huh. sound good. The ground veal is spectacular. What don't they have at Grunhofer's in Hugo? <laughs> what don't they have? See? Tr- and don't Triscuits. forget Easter. You want the best ham of your life, you got to get a double smoked ham from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. And when you're there, you know darn well what you're going to do. You're going to scoop up everything for your grilling, burgers, brats, steaks, you name it. They got the three meatloaves, the, the meatloaf, the Townball meatloaf, mm-hmm. and the Minnesota meatloaf. And uh, ideally, the stores, the shelves have been replenished because. Reavers made his run last weekend and was charitable enough to only buy four. Yep. But you, yeah, like Reavers says, you can get the seasonings, the ground veal. Now, that's a new one. It was really good. I bet Rookie would approve of that. Yes, I bet he would too. Yes, yeah. he would. He would it's say also you're doing lean. It yes, it's yeah. very lean. It's probably better for you than ground hamburger. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's Grunhoffers. They've never disappointed us. It's fantastic. They've added on to keep up with demand as their popularity grows. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo, just on the east side of Highway 61. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. So, fellas, over the weekend, I had a project that took me to uh, southwest Minnesota. Excuse me, southeast Minnesota. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to swing in and visit our friends from Harmony Spirits as long as I'm all the way down here, located in Harmony, Minnesota. Were they open this time? They actually were. (laughs) They had just opened 15 minutes ago, and I walked in, and they both went, well, thank God you came when we were actually open this time, Reavers. Uh, But lucky for me, their new signature spring cocktail menu had had debuted earlier that day. Listen to this. The Blackberry Bourbon Lemonade, which I had Mm. a sample of. Uh, How about the Harmony Ginger? Blackberry Vodka Mojito, of course, the Mule, the Pina Colada, so much more. Check it out on their Twitter account, at Harmony Spirits, by the way. That is a really, really cool space down there. First of all, there's nothing but free parking everywhere, obviously. But they also, uh, the tasting room can open up if it's really nice outside. It's almost like a garage door opener suit. We got to make a road trip down there at some point this summer. I could turn that into a tasty drive in an old car. The trouble is, when you get there, you can't really enjoy anything because you got to drive back. That's true. So I limited mine to just a couple but of really good samples. The roads between, uh, uh, like Rochester and the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. yeah. you never have to get on a freeway. They're just unbelievably cool highways. I, I love South. Uh, eastern Minnesota. That's the route I took, Kenny, because I was just south of Rochester, so I went through, was it Hoka? Is that the city? 
I went through Holka down by the river by the riverfront that way. It was a gorgeous drive, by the way. What town is it in? Harmony, Minnesota, Joe. Harmony. That's the home of Harmony Spirits. Also, please do us a favor and tweet out your photo of where you found your bottle of Harmony at your local liquor store and keep asking for that brand by name. Uh, like I said, that tasting room is wide open right now, baby. And go try some of those really cool spring cocktails down there in Harmony, Minnesota. And if you stop in, tell them you heard about it on GL. Rock. Only. Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our traveling friend Tom Lyman. On this day in 1912, March 16, 1912, Clyde Elmer Anderson is born in Brainerd, a champion of social and humanitarian causes. He would serve a record 11 years as the state's lieutenant governor beginning in 1939 and then as the state's 28th governor from 1951 to 1955. C. Elmer Anderson, he died in 1998. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Well, uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, Good. that's it, huh? Elmer Anderson. Elmer. Old Elmer. Mm-hmm. I remember him vaguely. Well, nice to talk to you people well, I that, don't uh, know that, I that you all of a sudden have chloroform in your mouth. I can't add anything. <laughs> nice, Thank nice you, GLers. Old C. Elmer. Oh, Elmer, yeah, what did uh, he do? What did he like for lunch, little Grunhoffers? <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. Very good. Uh, go also, re- read uh, read something from a book writer. We'll see you guys. Uh, yeah, I have to read them books. i seen you read a book once. <laughs> don't forget to download the PodMN no. app, and please do us a favor and subscribe to the Garage Logic. YouTube channel. You can also see all of our social media channels at the website, which is, of course, garagelogic.com. I've seen it once. The website. It's neat. Just once? Just one time. Okay. GLers, it's that time once again in the program where we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And you know what? Now might be as good a time as ever to check in with Josh for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you can do so by simply calling 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you're going to get Josh himself, and you're always going to get straight talk. Never sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, you know, there's a lot of buzz in relation to this next round of stimulus check. Is this probably a good idea for those that might see this as extra income to check in with you about their financial uh, situation? That, Chris, would be a very good thing to do, not only about their current financial situation, but their future financial situation as well. Particularly now, we've had a change in administration. We've had some changes in policy, a little more risk coming to the market, particularly with this current administration talking about higher taxes and more regulation. Higher taxes has been an idea that has been pushed by this administration administration since before that they were elected, pushing towards quote-unquote equity. Notice they don't talk about equality, they talk about equity. You don't have, so we've got to take from somebody else who has to give to you because that's equitable. Forget about any fairness or equality. The market is very concerned about the potential of inflation with this additional stimulus, which in my estimation, only part would be needed, and that part is to those that have suffered great 
currently under government-mandated lockdown through loss of job, loss of business. Money is being directed there. Other part of the stimulus directed to what I call non-stimulus or non-relief need. People receiving some money, uh, whether it be for business or personal use, a lot of that money is going to find its way into different types of investment. Investing in Bitcoin, something I would not be recommending. Not too much behind Bitcoin or some type of payment service. I would look to companies like Square or PayPal have the ability to generate revenues through their uh, payment processing part and cash application. I would look at putting some money in some of my favorite big tech names, such as uh, Apple or Amazon, regardless of what happens, return to work or whether we people stay in the uh, be home. Apple and Amazon should be winners going forward. And they have been in a little bit of correction territory, enabling you to buy uh, shares at a discount. I like that. And I think Apple and Amazon are reasonably priced at this level. You could also look at another large cap tech name, Microsoft, which continues to increase its cloud. Then I would take a look at media name, even though uh, Disney has been on a tear as part of a uh, reopening trade and Disney be a company to uh, be considered along with companies like Fox Broadcasting or AMC Entertainment because still with streaming services there is going to be a continual need for product these companies and I probably could throw in uh, Comcast because of their ownership stake in uh, NBC. I could throw these in because they've got content the streamers like and want. And then I would take a look at some of the reopening uh, names I have focused in primarily with my clients in the gaming names as not only people will eventually return to Las Vegas, but online gambling, sports betting is going to be big. DraftKings had a very big analyst day yesterday, funded a $1.1 billion convertible bond offer at 0% interest uh, with the convert coming at 10.5 shares seven years from now at a price of $95 a share. That does offer some potential upside for DraftKings. I would look to, if you don't need the money for you know current expenses or past debt, I would look to put some of that money to work. Additionally, still have a shot at getting a tax deduction for last year through funding an IRA. And that's something I highly recommend. Very good. Hope that helps. Absolutely it does. And you know what, GLers, get in touch with Mr. Money Talk today once again for that free 48-minute, no-cost, no-obligation financial consultation and do so by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice from the man himself. Josh, once again, thanks so much for the time and the chat, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you very much. Talk to you, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC. A registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.